Okay, hello everybody, today is Monday, another Zodiac Monday, welcome to the show. Just a couple of quick announcements before we begin. The first one is that on this channel there is an ongoing series about Stephen Avery, who was made famous because of the Netflix docuseries Making a Murderer, but there are many publications out that are surrounding his case, and um, it's one that pulls in a lot of different elements from the true crime world because it's not only talking about how the crimes were committed, but also what are the roles of the lawyers, what are the roles of the investigators, is there any type of unethical or inappropriate conduct going on, so many questions and we are trying to find some answers. And every Friday on this channel I do a segment called The Anything Goes. Friday where any subject is fair game and I'm going to be doing some future episodes on the case of Stephen Avery, I did one last week, and you can see part two next um, Friday here on PBOR, so now's a great time to like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so. And if you would like to download this program, you can use Launchpad 1. You can download the audio version up as a pure podcast, take it on the go anywhere and anyhow. If you would like to download the video version, you can use YouTube Premium, but that one you have to pay for. Launchpad 1 is free. It's under the same name, Black Box Online Radio, but the easiest way to find it is to just go into the description box and to find Launchpad 1. But in addition to Zodiac Mondays and the Anything Goes Friday, I started doing a segment on Wednesdays about the Long Island serial killer, and I do have another piece of info to share with you, and that relates to the way that one person was responding to the victims I did an episode recently on the case of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who was the first member of the Gilgo Four to have been murdered. Four of the Lisk victims are referred to as the Gilgo Four. And somebody wrote in saying, what's the fascination with this? She was a prostitute. Better people have died who are more worthy of discussion. And... I simply have to say that that type of behavior is unacceptable. Those types of comments are not welcome here on this channel. And I really hope it doesn't come to the point where I'm just going to have to block everybody who is going to say something like that. I mean, that is one of the only times someone has ever truly insulted a murder victim or said there's no reason to talk about her death because she was a prostitute. I mean, the, the women who were murdered by Jack the Ripper in 1888 were also sex workers, and no one has said anything about that. I mean, to, to the credit of you guys in the audience, most people are very respectful, but I want to be very clear that any type of comment like that will just immediately be removed. There's absolutely no reason to insult murder victims, especially in a case that where how on earth would you ever be able to say that the victims did anything that would deserve... Um, the deaths that they experience. I mean, it's just inconceivable, to be honest. I can't comprehend why somebody would want to say that. I know this person is just trolling and they just want to get some type of reaction, but that user has been uh, blocked from the channel, and I really do not block many people. The only people that truly get blocked are ones who, as I said, are insulting the victims, or if somebody is going to um, say something nasty about other people's family members, or perhaps if there's any type of spamming and repetitive um, harassment going on, all of those um, comments are going to be deleted and the counts will be um, hidden from view. So I, let's just keep it clean in the comments section in regards to uh, showing respect to the victims because 
with these murder stories, it's just that innocent people were killed. And I thank you all who have been very respectful to everyone. You guys are awesome, and let's keep it up. But now to get to the Zodiac Killer discussions. This is the Zodiac Killer News Report, and to be very frank with you, I mostly just talk about anything that I have found about the Zodiac Killer, anything that I've been reading about the Zodiac Killer, and I just share some things with you guys. But this news report is going to earn its namesake because there has been so much coming out, and there are so many news developments that are either directly Zodiac Killer related, or, as we'll see, loosely Zodiac related. And I would like to start with the arrest of the Chinese Zodiac Killer. And somebody was mailing in letters last year claiming to be the Chinese Zodiac. And they were not very well designed. I did one previous episode on this person. But at that time, we absolutely did not know who the letter writer was. And this is going to be an article from The Union Leader, which is going to help us out. It was written by Jonathan Wheeler, just citing the source. It is called Chinese Zodiac Killer Arrested after sending threatening letters to victims in New Hampshire and other states. In New York, a man was arrested and charged on Thursday after allegedly sending threatening letters in the mail. A criminal complaint filed by the U.S. District Court in Albany alleges that Jesse S. Bartlett, age 46, claimed to be the Chinese Zodiac Killer and mailed threatening letters to news outlets, government offices, houses of worship, and private businesses throughout New York. New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Vermont, and D.C. In the letters, Bartlett is accused of sending, which he claimed he had killed, people and ate their flesh and intended to kill more people. The federal mailing threatening communications charge has a maximum sentence of five years in prison with a fine of up to $250,000 and a supervised release of up to three years. Bartlett made his initial appearance in court on Thursday before U.S. Magistrate Judge Christian A.F. Hummel and was ordered to be detained pending a hearing on Monday. The FBI searched the collection of letters, which, which totaled 21, that had the same return address in Syracuse. The letters were addressed to religious institutions and places of worship. They say that Bartlett was spotted on Sunday placing what appeared to be a brown package into another USPS collection can in Watertown. The recovered letters were addressed to law enforcement agencies and politicians. The letters to politicians and law enforcement read in part, Every month since November, I have killed both male and females. It is possible that I am killing individuals whose identities are impossible to track, i.e. homeless, runaways, illegal immigrants, and destroying all the evidence so efficiently. These letters also threaten a school bus driver that he is preparing my ultimate death ritual of self-sacrifice and that your time to catch me is nearly out. I grow weary of your inability to capture me and to inform the public of my presence. A search warrant for the envelopes was issued Tuesday and executed on Thursday. According to the affidavit, 21 envelopes addressed to politicians were signed by the Chinese Zodiac Killer, while 21 other letters that were addressed to religious institutions and other places of worship were signed by Alistair Crowley, someone who is referenced in the letters of the Chinese Zodiac Killer. Alistair Crowley was a 20th century British occultist who celebrated Satan. The website says that his ideas were influential in Satanism 
and that his 1913 poem, A Hymn to Lucifer, describes Satan as the provider and soul of rebellion to the universe. A letter addressed to President Joe Biden at the White House says, I made it clear that I would make an example of anyone who has knowledge of me that refuses to educate the public of my existence before it threatens a school bus driver. The case is being investigated by the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, New York State, and the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. The case is being prosecuted by Assistant U.S. Attorney Alexander Wentworth Bing. Separately, in 2010, Bartlett was cleared of all charges in the shooting death of a 33-year-old named Keith Brabant after a Jefferson County grand jury returned a no bill, which means there was insufficient evidence to support the charge. And this is one more time from the union leader in the Watertown Daily News. And um, I thank them for that article there. But I'm sure that some of you guys who follow the Zodiac Killer News reports and those of you out there who know the Zodiac Killer case even better than I do will have a lot to say about that article immediately. Firstly, the Watertown connection because a very famous Zodiac suspect, Richard Gajkowski, was born in Watertown, South Dakota. And some people even think that water has some type of connection, like Gareth Penn talked about this in his um, Zodiac Theory, which was put into the book Time 17. But he did a famous um, interview on the TLC channel, where he just laid it out very easily. I'm only citing that one because you can watch it on YouTube. And it talks about how... The taxi driver, Paul Stein, was murdered on October 11th of 1969, and that changed all of the Zodiac Killer's M.O., the pattern, everything. The first three Zodiac incidents involved the Zodiac attacking a man and a woman. A male and a female are present, but where? Lake Herman Road, Blue Rock Springs. Lake Berryessa, these are talking about bodies of water, lakes and springs, and then Paul Stein is murdered around Washington and Cherry Street, trying to go to Washington and Maple Street. Well, where's the connection to water there? I mean, it could have been about driving a taxi driver to a specific point on a map, and then Gareth Penn went a little bit too far and said, wash in Washington counted as a body of water, and he said that there was a fire hydrant nearby, and he thought that the Zodiac Killer was Michael Henry O'Hare, and that um, his uh, name was actually Michael H2O, Michael Henry O'Hare, two H's, one O. So that's one example of the bodies of water connection, and then as I said previously about the Richard Gajkowski one, which has given a little bit more consideration to this day. But the Aleister Crowley connection to the Zodiac Killer is very um, well documented, and even Geraldo Rivera did a TV program in the 1990s, which I believe you can still watch on Tom Voigt's channel, that talks about a theory that the Zodiac Killer of the 1960s was inspired by Aleister Crowley, and that the Zodiac symbol was actually taken from Aleister Crowley, and they have the images that they are sharing to support that. But I always go back to this one uh, commentator named Logan Albright, who um, gave his two cents on the subject about Aleister Crowley and this whole satanic connection. And that was that what you need to remember about Aleister Crowley is that, yeah, he's talking about this stuff about Satan and Lucifer, the hymn to Lucifer. But what Aleister Crowley truly wanted 
was to just be a famous writer. He wanted to be a literary great, and um, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. So he used the Satanism and the Luciferian image as a way to springboard himself into prominence. That was that guy's take on the subject, but it's something that I always think about when I read these things. They're like, ooh, this guy wrote a poem called The Hymn to Lucifer. He must be dark and scary. No, he just wanted to um, show people his writing. He wanted notoriety more than anything. I mean, that I can comprehend. I mean, it's not like one person uh, can just give you the perfect commentary on anything. But I can comprehend that guy's narrative because you see something very similar in 1966 with Anton LaVey and the rise of the Church of Satan. And that is that Anton LaVey also had a dream and he wanted to be a famous musician. He wanted to be a well-respected musician, but he wasn't really that good. So again, he's using this Church of Satan, Satanic image as a way to springboard himself into prominence. And in that article that I was just reading about the Chinese Zodiac Killer, you also heard that he um, threatened a bus driver. Now, that is not from one of the uh, confirmed Zodiac crimes in 1968 and 69. That it was done in 1962 by the person who killed Ray Davis in Oceanside, California. And the person said, I'm going to get me a bus driver next or something to that effect. So, no matter what, I think that this person, um, Jesse the Chinese Zodiac, had some type of familiarity with the Zodiac case. In fact, I think he had a very intense familiarity. Maybe not someone who would be classified as an expert, but it definitely looks like he has very specific pieces of info and some type of desire to insert himself into this. But you did also hear that he, he was 46 years old, he was involved in legal trouble in the past, even um, seems like something that very, very serious, and he was um, either acquitted or, as they said, the jury voted no bill on something that probably would have sent him to jail for life. So I think that this is the case of somebody dealing was some type of deranged mental instability, and I don't think many people would dispute that with me. And right now I would like to move on to the next uh, piece of info here. Last week on the Zodiac Killer News Report, I was talking about James Simpson, who runs a Facebook page called Zodiac Cipher Solve, and I did a response to um, not only his material, but also some discussions that we had via email, and he was not impressed nor pleased with the episode. And I would like to read off one message here that he has written out, and he said, Hey, like I said, the commentary was skewed, and you took things out of context and added your own spins, but that is your interpretation of what I sent in the letters. To summarize, I thought that this was going to be a review of the information that I sent you, related to the ciphers themselves, and you completely went off on an opinionated tangent before giving any information a chance to be seen. Honestly, if you want a, a serious review of the ciphers and to take the information presented, you should take the time to read it in a timeline. Thanks again for the chance to speak about my research, but as it stands, I think you used the show as a way to present a very short-winded commentary about the information I presented. 
I originally presented the info behind two suspects that orchestrated these killings, and you began to try and classify it as some type of lone gunman theory. I mentioned a team of operatives that were uh, that the two I were identified as or being tied to were involved directly in these killings, and I feel that you flip-flopped my research. Well, to give everybody a fair chance, I would still invite you to check out his Facebook page, Zodiac Ciphers Solved, and I believe that's the only one with that name that'll come to the top of your search results if you put it into Facebook. And James Simpson is a supporter of a variant of the Zodiac Killer CIA connection. And I'm reminded of a phrase that was used by the British journalist David Aronovich when he said, there's something marvelously interesting to explore about certain types of theories out there. And the two points that I did share from his um, messages that we had discussed that I put into last week's um, Zodiac Killer News Report were a hidden message that he had found in the Bates letters and the involvement of someone named Michael Aquino. And Michael Aquino is someone who has been discussed by quite a few different people, but James provided his own take on the subject, which I thought was fairly original. But about the Bates letter, that it's actually a message that contains Hebrew meanings that Bates had to die, there will be more, is actually Bateshad for Pi. And you can hear last week's Zodiac News Report if you haven't heard that. And you can also um, check out his Facebook page, Zodiac Cipher Solved, to be very clear. I don't agree with that because I think that the Bates letters were created by the hoaxer or the prankster whom Riverside PD was talking about in 2021, but you always want to hear what other people have to say, someone else's take on the subject, and I'm sorry that he felt that I was only pulling out the parts of the uh, ciphers and or the parts of his... Um, commentary on the ciphers that stood out to me the most, but if you visit his Facebook page, you can hear everything and read everything in its entirety. Rather, Zodiac Ciphers Solved. And speaking of subjects that are marvelously interesting to explore, I have to give a shout-out to Kelly Marshall for checking out Black Box Online Radio. Kelly Marshall is the woman who is the subject of the documentary Zodiac Rush to Editor, which talked about a solution to the 340 cipher a few months before David Ornchak, Yarl Van Eigen, Sam Blake released their solution, which was signed off by the FBI. And you can watch that documentary called Rush to Editor on her channel called Just a Sleuth. I repeat, the name of Kelly Marshall's channel is Just a Sleuth. And she um, wrote into Black Box Online Radio saying that she had released two new videos on the Just a Sleuth channel. The first one is called Zodiac Killer, My Name is Code Solved, and the second one is Zodiac Secret Pal Decoded. And I always um, invite you to listen to anyone who is sharing some new types of theories. Between the two of these, I thought that um, the Zodiac Killer, My Name is Code was one that um, I found definitely easier to wrap my head around, and it shows Kelly Marshall's attempt to solve the Z-13 cipher. The Zodiac mailed in four ciphers that have been officially accepted as confirmed. The 408, the 340, the Z-13, and the Z-32. 
the Z408 and the Z340 have both been solved. The 408 was the one that says, I like killing people because it's so much fun. It's more fun than hunting wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. And the 340 was recently solved just within the last two years, and it had a solution to the effect of, I hope you're having lots of fun trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show. Which brings up an interesting point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber. But with the Z13, Kelly Marshall also shared something in her message that she isn't only trying to solve the ciphers, she also is trying to connect them to a particular suspect, which I don't believe Don Hardin was trying to do in the 60s, and I don't believe that David Orenchak and the team were trying to do in 2020. But she's trying to connect the ciphers to a particular suspect named Xenophon Anthony, and there's still some debate over how to pronounce his name, so excuse me. When I look at that, I always think of Xenophon, because that's how I first learned about the, um, the uh, classical historian. But with Xenophon Anthony, he was Harvard-educated. He seems like somewhat of a successful businessman. I was just looking at this one article that said he was 38 years old at the time. But the clues that Kelly Marshall has found in the Z-13 will be best explained in her video, but I hope I interpret this correctly. She said that it's 13 symbols for a reason, and it really relates to the two in the center, the K and the M. To be very clear, there are 13 symbols, A, E, N, a circle date, the letter K, another circle date, the letter M, and then there is the um, Aries sign, and then there's an NAM. But the focus should be on the letters K and M, and if anything, I think it's a very brilliant observation when she shows that the Zodiac seems to have this type of fascination with the letter K. Now, why would that be? Even on Kelly Marshall's um, solution to the 340, she pointed out that the Zodiac had a backwards K, like the um, one character was crossed out and the backwards K was written in, and she made the correct observation that that means that it's not a dud. Because you got to remember, at that time, people were saying that one cipher was solved very easily, and then there are these three ciphers, the Z340, the Z13, and the Z32. They could all be duds. They could all be red herrings. They're just um, nonsensical. No one's ever going to figure them out. Well, there was a meaning. So, I mean, that is true. But what does K have to do with Xenophon Anthony? I was thinking about that, like, okay, my name is, right? But, I mean, Xenophon Anthony's middle name was Lusby, L-U-S-B-Y. And I'm like, how on earth is she going to find something with K and M? They have nothing to do with his name. But if you move the letter K, 13 spaces, numerically, you are going to get the letter X. And then you have the letter M. If you move M, 13 spaces numerically, you're going to get the letter Z. So it's saying Xenophon, Zodiac. That's the solution to the my name is cipher. My name is Xenophon, Zodiac. And you might be thinking, well, what about all these other letters and symbols that are in the Z13 cipher? Well, there are three eights. And Harvey Hines was the first person that I have found to do this, who thought you're supposed to add those together, 8 plus 8 plus 8 equals 24, 8 plus 8 is 16, and then 16 plus 8 is 24, 
and with the 24th letter of the alphabet, X, for Xenophon Anthony. I think it's um, an interesting observation, but you can hear her full analysis on Zodiac Killer, My Name is Code Solved. Um, I did include Xenophon Anthony in the debunking series that I did. I did an episode on him last year when I was saying that I absolutely didn't think that he was the Zodiac Killer, but as um, I believe it was uh, Walter who wrote this into the comments section that um, on a scale of 1 to 10, he gave Xenophon Anthony a 0 out of 10, but gave Kelly Marshall 10 out of 10 for effort. And yes, I mean, I totally um, think that she has a very, very fascinating way of connecting all of these dots. Like, do you remember her solution to the 340 cipher? It was um, more or less the documentary Rush to Editor, which I want you to watch on your own, but she had said she had to hold the paper in her hand to truly get a feeling of how the cipher creator would have been thinking. And then she decided to use transparent overlays and to um, put a transparent copy of the 340 and the 408 on top of each other. And there's one part that says CW, and she thought that could be clockwise. So she twisted the um, cipher clockwise, and it revealed a message. But she is standing by all of her observations. And in all seriousness, I think that David Ornchak's solution doesn't immediately prove her wrong, because hers is all about using a totally different method. Yes, there could be... Uh, a cipher meeting on top, but there could also be one on the in a hidden way. Now, both Kelly Marshall and a researcher named Wells Chappie have thought of a different um, way to connect Xenophon Anthony to the zodiacular mystery that is talked about in her Halloween card episode. I first heard this one from Wells Chappie, but Kel Kelly Marshall included it in her Halloween card um, analysis, and that is that the there's a part of the envelope that says, sorry, no cipher, but it's written in the shape of an X. And it says, sorry, no cipher going two ways. And I thought that perhaps that is too much of a stretch or, I mean, that's just an X. I mean, I don't even know if you could connect that to anyone's identity. Sorry, no cipher. Sorry, no cipher. I mean, Okay, the guy's first initial is X, but anytime you see an X, you're going to think that's Xenophon Anthony. So, being a little bit critical there. But I was challenged once by Wells Chappie to provide a source for something that I stated in the debunking video that I did on him. And that was that Xenophon Anthony becomes a Zodiac suspect because on the night that Paul Stein is murdered, October 11th of 1969, he was seen by an eight-year-old who identified him from the neighborhood because he lived very close by. I thought it was 15 minutes walking distance. I think Kelly Marshall said it was 12 minutes walking distance. He lived in the vicinity of the Stein murder. But the point that I was being challenged on was that the witness saw him not at the taxi cab, but a few hundred yards away. And what I was doing was I was citing... Um, an article that had been written by Crime and Time, which you can see here on the screen, that the eight-year-old witness saw him walking a few hundred yards away, so it means that he wasn't even actually seen that close to the taxi. I mean, I'm not pulling this stuff out of thin air, and I'm not making it up. That's where it came from. Now, is that a historically um, accurate statement, or did Crime and Time get it wrong? Perhaps. I did uh, find the link to um, 
Richard Grinnell's website where the report was posted about Xenophon Anthony, I didn't read anything that conclusively stated that he was this many meters away from the taxi cab when the eight-year-old witnessed him. Either that or I'm blind, and I confess to you, sometimes I am blind as a bat when it comes to reading police reports, but I just wanted to share that in the end. But what do you think about Xenophon Anthony as a Zodiac killer suspect? And please weigh in in the comments section down below. And, oh, one final thing on him is, in the past, I was doing Zodiac Mondays about any subject, and the episodes were devoted to a single subject, and I had wanted to do one about the closest matches to the Zodiac composite sketch. And I think that Xenophon Anthony is one of the closest matches. I mean, I would like to compare the different suspects by this composites done when? After the Stein murder. I think Xenophon looks an enormous amount like the sketch, most particularly because he has the same shape of nose, he has the same hairline, and roughly the same, um, I'm, I guess, facial structure, for lack of a better term. But I'm still voting no on Xenophon Anthony. I mean, I think that his body type would have been a little bit off. And there's just something about that article that, when I'm tempted to believe crime in time, because if this guy were witnessed just at the scene of the crime, then why is this eight-year-old kid being just buried in the archives? And why is there so much focus on the Robbins kids who really contributed to the Stein sketch. I mean, if he was seen walking in the vicinity, by that meaning, like, what is it, um, more than a hundred yards away, well, I mean, he lived in that neighborhood, more or less. If you ever walked 12 minutes away from your home, of course you're going to be walking there. That doesn't make you a murderer. But anyway, you can weigh in what you think about Son of Von Anthony. I invite you to check out Zodiac Ciphers. And as always, though, I mean, you can share some things that you would like to hear for future episodes.